This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Kristen Eilert and Lisa Eisminger talk about why women veil. What does wearing a veil mean? Should all women fail? Well, let's find out. Kristen and Lisa are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. We are going to be talking about our journey to veiling. Kristen Eilert <laughs> yes. is the Assistant Director of Divine Mercy Radio. She is married to Nick Eilert, and they are expecting their first baby. Lisa is a nurse who recently changed career paths to be more available to care for her parents. She is married to Brad Eisenminger. Eisenminger. I'm going to get it. And together they have seven children, one of which is a seminarian for the Salina Diocese, and that is Cade McGaffin. McGaffin. Boy, Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of hard names here. So, Um, yeah, I'll just even. mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people in Hayes. Uh, we, We moved into Hayes in 2010. And so there's a lot of people that don't know the backstory, but um, my first husband is, was Rex McGaffin, and he died in 2002 of brain cancer. Oh. So I was widowed with three small kids, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. Praise God, they're all healthy and doing well. So Cade, mm-hmm. Max, and Trey. And I married a wonderful man mm-hmm. um, who had also had children um, from her first marriage. And so that's why I have bonus kids. We have our, our combined family of yeah. seven. Yeah, very beautiful, very yeah. nice, very nice. We are going to talk about the journey to veiling. So tell us uh, tell us a little bit about your story, the how, the why. Each of you feel called to begin wearing a veil at Mass. Well, I guess first off, my, my story kind of starts back in college. I had never even thought about veiling, and I had one or two of my friends who who started veiling kind of off and on like it they would do it for a while and then and then they stopped for a while so I kind of had been introduced to it at that point in my life um prior to that I had never I don't know never even heard about veiling or knew anything about veiling and um so at that point it I had been introduced to it and I I I didn't really know what to think at the time and I I know I remember like praying about it and trying to kind of figure out, well, is that something I want to try doing? Is it not? And I didn't. I didn't at that point. It, it took took a while. So then two years ago, it was actually, I think, Midnight Mass of 2019. I was in the choir at St. Joe's, and um, Joyce had approached me already probably a few weeks or a month prior to this being like, hey, you should veil. And I'm at that point, I was like, okay didn't really know like what to say and um so it was great but she at midnight mass she had an extra veil and she's like here you go and so I put it on (laughs) and then so like from then on then like the shutdown happened but then that was kind of when it really started for me was actually during the pandemic ironically enough because then I would go into the church just to pray like after I would get off work I'd stop by the church and I would always wear a veil at that point um, and so it's kind of been a, a progression of just being introduced to it and then actually wearing a veil. There are times I still forget to bring my veil, but that's human nature. But um, but yeah, no, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much the how, at least how it started. And so, but yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. 
And and so Lisa, Lisa's the one that encouraged you to do it. Somebody else. It was it was actually Joyce. Joyce. Yeah. Okay. So Joyce yeah. is not here. So, no, Joyce is so, not here. All right. Um, but help me to understand. You know, she just says do it and you do it. Or was there something more to it than that? Well, she. I mean, to some extent, she just said do it. But she also explained why she does it. She has a very, very big heart and a very big passion for veiling. And so she just was explaining why we veil uh, more so than anything and just, like, why she does it and why it's just such a great thing from her, like, from her experience. And so to some extent, Joyce says do it and you do it but yeah. on the other side she also does have a reason for doing yeah. it and she explained the reason very well and a lot of it is you know reverence and respect and and that's at least my reasoning uh-huh. um is more so than anything what why i do it too so so that's what i'm trying to get is the <laughs> listeners are you know it's it's one thing to say veil but yeah. but give us some reasons yeah. why sure. we should veil so you will move sure. over to to lisa for that yeah mm-hmm. so how i started mm-hmm. um is very similar to Kristen's story mm-hmm. because joyce also joyce rupp so a big <laughs> shout out to joyce and kevin rupp from yeah. st joe's um so joyce had had an influence in my journey too but honestly the journey for me started long ago, probably as a little girl. So, you know, I am a, a product of the 70s. I'm a 70, I was born in 1973. And at that point in time, it was not common to veil at the church. And so it wasn't anything that I was, I didn't grow up seeing women veiling at church. I, I was born and raised out in Goodland. So Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church out there in Goodland. So mm-hmm. on the Colorado border. and. I think at the time in the, um, you know, when I had my first Holy Communion would have been in the 80s, pretty progressive church. And so, you know, I remember guitar masses and, you know, like just, you know what I mean? I just some some different things that, that kind of, I don't want to say the hippie stage, but kind of, right? They're still around. They're, they're still, still around. They're still around. But I don't know about here in Hayes, but I know they're still around. Yeah, so. yeah. So through the course of time, and I already kind of shared a little bit about my story, you know, I um, I was married in 94 to Rex McGaffin in Osborne, Kansas, and then we had these three beautiful kids, and then we went through this horrible time that he had brain cancer. And so it was a two-year process when he passed away. Another two years later, when I married Brad, and and our families joined together, and and he had gone through the annulment process. And so all of these things were invitations of Jesus calling us closer. You know, every tragedy that you have in your life, every heartache, it's Jesus saying, can you trust me? Yeah. Will you trust me? Will you submit to me? Because I, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's this beautiful invitation that he just keeps on drawing us nearer. In 2014, here in Hayes, I started doing the adoration. Yeah, so I, every, every week I have a, an hour that I sit in front of the Lord. And so for me, my journey to veiling really starts significantly in 2014. Um, and I did see Donetta on occasion wearing a veil. I saw other women on occasion. Then our daughter, Brad's from his first marriage, so my bonus daughter, and the only daughter we have, we have six sons and one daughter. Mm-hmm. So she's the oldest of the family, and her and her husband joined the Catholic Church in 2009. Um, and their, their beautiful journey, gosh, you know, sometimes converts are the best Catholics, yeah. right? Yeah. And so she and her husband, they live a very bold, beautiful faith. Mm-hmm. And she was veiling, and my granddaughter started veiling. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was like, well, what's that about? And I did research. 
I just kept on searching, and I just kept on hearing, trust me. Like, these just little invitations every time I sat in the chapel. Mm. These little, you know, these little nudgings, these little spurrings. And so, long story short, I mean, really, I'll, I'll wrap it up. My, my end game is that I kept on saying, no, I don't want to. I don't mm. want to. I'm not ready. I don't want to be... Um, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to draw attention to myself. I, I just didn't really want to. And, and it kind of, I kept on asking myself, why? Like, am I afraid to be bold for Christ? Mm-hmm. Do I not really believe that He's present? Am I not willing to submit to His authority? You know, it wasn't any of those. Those were all, well, no, no, no. So finally it was like, okay, it's a yes. And I knew it was a yes. I knew in my heart of hearts I was ready. But I'd even purchased one. I didn't. I didn't have it on. I had purchased one and had it in my pocket. And then on Christmas Eve, 2019, <laughs> Joyce Rupp at the up at the choir loft, she said, "You know what? It would be so beautiful." And she pulls out this beautiful veil and she puts it over my head and she goes, "For you just to be his daughter, mm. for you to be his child." And this is our wedding feast. You know, every mass is a wedding feast, and you are unique and special. That's what women are. And we carry within us something holy. And in the Catholic Church, we veil what's holy. The chalice is veiled. And it's like one of those, you know, all those reasonings just kind of came to this in this moment. And so I've, I've worn a veil ever since, every time I'm in front of the tabernacle. All right. Very, very beautiful testimony there. So have you told us how what it means? I think you, you've talked about, you know, why, you know, you personally move forward to it, but what does it mean um, when a woman veils before the Lord? You can go start on this one. Okay, so for me, what it means, um, it's a living out, it's an external presentation of the internal disposition of your heart. And in order for the Lord to increase, we must decrease. So it's a, an act of humility and obedience. Um, no longer is it a, a requirement. Women, you know, um, that kind of was done away with, and that's a later question, I think, too, as far as, like, you know, it's not a sin not to veil. So people need to know that. That's, it's, it's not a requirement, but it also is not, it's not a thing that says, oh, I'm holier than thou. I'm holier than you. It is not. When you see a woman that's veiling at church, I challenge each, each person out there to, to um instead of being critical or maybe condemning, to consider being thankful that she's living something out that she feels truly in her heart. I veil personally because I know and I believe and I live that Christ is present at our church. That's the only building I ever veil at. It's not because you know, I, I'm holier. It's not because of anything other. It's because Christ. Christ is present in our Eucharist. He's there. And so I want to be under His Lordship, His Kingship. So make the connection for, for all of us, for our listeners, to how, you know, putting the veil on changes the the person to recognize Christ. I hope I'm hearing you correctly, mm-hmm. but to recognize Christ um, as the King mm-hmm. over all of us. I actually think I, I I can't explain it in my own words, and so I'm actually gonna read a little something mm-hmm. from this book. Well, this actually really sums up what 
um, Lisa just said, it says the theology of the chapel veil is rooted in women's identity and her relationship with, with man and Christ and symbolic of the unchanging role of woman in creation. Um, so that really, I mean, I think pretty mm-hmm. well sums up what Lisa was talking about. What I want to read, though, is actually by um, St. John Christ. Christistum? Mm-hmm. Christistum. Mm-hmm. That's hard to say. Yeah. So he um, he develops like the theology of a, a veiling, I guess, in this in this beautiful way. And it's a little bit long, but I I just I read it I've read it a couple of times now and I just remember when I read it even just yesterday again, I just was blown away by his his description and his explanation of it. And I think I hope it'll really answer some mm-hmm. of the questions. Mm-hmm. And so it's, he, he says that woman, because she was created by being drawn from man's side, is constantly trying to return to him. She desires the original unity of one flesh and one bone. This is evident in her desire for intimacy and love. This tendency back to her source is beautifully expressed in the marital act, where once more woman physically becomes one with man, flesh and bone. The desire for unity between man and woman is a mirror of the relationship of Christ and the soul. Christ loves man so much that not only did he die on the cross, but he expresses his love by becoming physically present in the divine Eucharist. He is the divine lover of the soul, and he becomes the spouse of the woman, the bride. As woman longs for union with man in human relationships, So she is constantly drawn to unity with God. He calls her to become one with him, to come under his side and become flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. This occurs during the reception of Holy Eucharist, which is the consummation of the union between Christ and the soul. The covering of the head with a veil symbolizes the reality of woman sheltered in the side of her source and becoming one with him. She becomes covered and hidden in her divine spouse. The veil is a symbol of the relationship of woman's soul to Christ. Very beautiful. All right. So, well, and, and for those, maybe there are people out there, because we know 50% of our listeners statistically across Catholic Radio are not even Catholic. Right. 25% are lapsed. So they may not even know what a veil is. It's sure. the... Um, you can, I'll let you guys tell them what is the veil, and then it's been a long tradition in the Catholic Church. Um, so talk about that long tradition, and talk about when it became uncommon to veil. I I didn't grow up Catholic, so I didn't grow up veiling, but my husband talks about you know the the girls that would would veil, and if they forgot, they had to put a Kleenex on yeah. their <laughs> on their head, to, you know, to come in because they couldn't couldn't come in without the the head veil. Covering. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was so. head covering, mm-hmm. and so you know, it was it was a requirement at one point in time mm-hmm. that was considered proper attire. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be in front of the Lord, if you're going to come into His presence, that that was what you did, and that fell off after Vatican II. And I think, you know, there's oh gosh, there's just kind of a tug of war right now in our Catholic Church between the traditionalists and the the non-traditionalists and you know, Vatican II seems to be kind of this bone of contention. And from, from all the research I've done and from all the priests that I, I've talked with, you know, Vatican II is a holy and a valid council. It's, it's all good. 
what man does with things that are good is we distort and we we change things and so there were some bad things that happened Mm -hmm. following that and so it's got a bad rap Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what we celebrate here today in the catholic church in our mass is full of grace right it is completely it's all the sanctifying grace it is a holy sacrament of the mass and so um, for me, again, you know, kind of talking about the, my reasons to veil. Okay? My reasons to veil are kind of threefold. But number one is because you know the first commandment that the Lord is my God and I'll have no other gods. Um, and I kind of alluded that to earlier mm-hmm. with Kristen. We were talking, just kind of sharing with each other about how it really pertains to us. And you know, I've I don't know. I mean, I think all women are this way. We all have some vanity and some pride, and we have some arrogance. And and you know, after Vatican II happened, there was the whole feminist, you know, like I'm woman and hear me roar type mentality that mm-hmm. we are no longer underneath. And so you know, even having a father, a good and loving father, was kind of like, oh no, you don't need that type thing, you know, like we, <laughs> like we are enough, and we aren't, we aren't enough without him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we belong to him, mm-hmm. and so, like I said, for me, it's, it's the first thing is it's just because it's Christ, mm-hmm. and because he is, you know, I, I, God is my father, and Christ is present, and so, you know, and it's that humility that I strive for. So, putting on the veil is part of that preparation for me. It's a external physical thing that I put over my head to help me internally get in the right heart disposition that I'm in mass now. I get to slow down and really reflect and listen to God's Word in a unique and simple way and actively participate as the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and to receive Him in the Eucharist. And so every mass for every single one of us, male or female, is a wedding feast. That's the beauty of it. And we are created women different than men. We do have the potential, whether you are a sister in a holy order and will remain a virgin till you die, or whether you're like me and, and Kristen, mamas, you know, we get to hold. We were created unique by Christ. We were, you know, created by God the Father, unique. And we get to hold something sacred. Mm-hmm. Life is sacred and so by that alone we get to be veiled because that's what God does is he you know when we are holy you know the holiness is it gets to be veiled and that's the chalice of the mass and I, it, it's just to me it it really changes my my internal and it, it's like I said, it was processed. Gosh, it started long ago. So for me, it was a gentle call. From 2014 mm-hmm. to when I really did it was 19. So that's a five year of really mm-hmm. being called. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also, like I said, it's a, it's a wedding mass. And, and you know what I hear um, that makes a, a lot of sense to me as well is um, just putting you into that the mind that I'm at mass, something has changed, mm. you know, I've, I've changed and, and, you know, I've had other people that have, have told me, you know, when they put the veil on, it's like they, everything else is blocked out, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of is just like, um, then they can really focus mm-hmm. on, on what's going on. So, Kristen, what did you have that you wanted to add to that? I see you with your book open. <laughs> well, there's a lot that I could read out of this book. It's, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's a very short read too, but like, 
so many little points that Lisa has been touching on that they touch, they they talk about in this book. And I think, I think Lisa does a fantastic job at explaining things. And I'm not as great as explaining things. And so I, I use this book. I guess is kind of what my point is. But um, one thing I will say is like, what what Lisa was talking about is, so in this book it says that Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. She, I mean, I think she talks a lot about veiling because I also have a different quote from her. Um, But in this book, it says, every woman is holy and in the meaning of being set apart or in the meaning of being set apart because of what her body is designed to do. So what Lisa was talking about is like the creation of a new person requires both a man and a woman, but it is within the woman's body that this new life is conceived. Um, and at conception, a soul is directly infused into this new person, and this infusion is an act of God. God touches a woman's body in a way he does not touch man's. The veil is a sign of this awesome vocation of women and the holiness of her body. I mean, that's, that's exactly what Lisa was just talking about. Women and men are different, and we're meant to be. We're created to be different, and so that's, I think that's the difference there's something in this book, I don't know if I have it like highlighted or not, but there's also another part in this book where it talks about like men, when they enter the church, they take off their hat. They, in, in the presence of Christ, like they become like the head, you know, like the head of the household and they are being Christ or more representative of Christ. And then women veil um, because, as I read earlier, it's like the union of of the divine spouse basically and becoming one with Christ uh, as maybe more so of the body of Christ because we are not supposed to be the head that's the man's role yeah and I was just gonna say you know how your mom taught you like you know growing up I I was raised in a family I'm the youngest of seven so I have four older brothers and my mom would always say take your hat off take your hat off Mm -hmm. you know take your hat off at the table you know we're going to come have a a, you know we're sitting down at the table be respectful take your hat off so men are always told remove their head covering and submit because men are they are created to be the head hold or the head head of their household but when you come to a banquet table which is what our mass is you know we're celebrating the feast when we come to mass men have to submit to the lord's lordship to his kingship. Mm-hmm. So men are not to wear a covering and women are to wear a covering because we're to submit to it. So it's just really kind of cool. And like I said, you know, it, it was a long call. It's not It's not a sin not to wear a veil. We're not saying everybody should. I was called. I felt yeah. it. And I kept on saying no. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was very reluctant mm-hmm. because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I didn't want people to talk about me. I mean, we all have those little like, oh, you know, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want people to think that, oh, I think I'm holier than whatever. So, you know, but just like the rosary isn't a um, mandatory devotion, or just like wearing the scapular isn't a mandatory devotion in the Catholic Church, this isn't a mandatory devotion. However, if you're called to it, I challenge people to submit, mm-hmm. you know, to pray about it. And this might be it. a calling to many, yeah. you know, people that out there are listening 
They may, you know, something may be stirring in their heart that that they are being called. So, Kristen, tell them what's the book that you're reading from in case they are feeling that stirring and they want to find out more information, where should they go? So the book itself is called The Chapel Veil. Um, and I actually ordered this book. It was like, it was only like $3, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It was $3, and I got it from a website called veilsbylily.com. Um, but yeah, it's it's a short little book called The Chapel Veil, and it's like two, I don't, I don't want to say like academic, but it's basically like two little short explanations by two different people of like why they veil and why, like the tradition of veiling and why why it can be a beautiful thing yeah, to add yeah. to add to your life. It doesn't take away. It's an, an addition mm-hmm. yeah. if, it's a, if it's being called, if it's, if it's something that is stirring in your heart. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Kristen Eiler and Lisa Eisminger. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. One body. Why Women Fail. One body, stewarding God's creation. With Kristen Eilert and Lisa Eisminger. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. One body. So we are talking with Kristen Eilert, and we're talking with Lisa Eiseminger. Yes. All right, so um, talk about why it went away. How about this? I'll read this. <laughs> okay. It okay. said, so an article in the Atlanta Journal of June 21 titled Women Required to Cover Head, Vatican Insists, stated that a Vatican official says there has been no change, as reported in the Roman Catholic rule that women cover their head in the church. The Reverend, at that time Secretary of the New Congregation for Divine Worship, said that the report stemmed from a misunderstanding of a statement that he made in a news conference in May. The rule has not been changed. It's a matter of discipline. So, in 1983, the Common um, the Code of Canon Law um, that was currently in force, um, it just simply removed the requirement for women to cover their head in church. So it, it was 83 that it actually was was removed. Prior to that, it was always in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just a devotion at this point in time. But it was after Vatican II that this changed. So Cardinal Burke, uh, the prefect to the Supreme Apostolic um, Signatura, stated in a private letter that wearing of a chapel veil for women is not required when women assist at the Holy Mass according to the ordinary form of the Roman Rite. It is, however, the expectation that women who assist at the Mass, according to the extraordinary form, cover their heads. So as was the practice at the time of the 1962 Missal. Okay, so um, it's not, however, a sin to participate in the Holy Mass according to the extraordinary form without a veil. So just as the Church does not mandate that every person pray the Rosary, neither does she mandate that every woman wear a veil. This does not mean, however, that either is not a worthy devotion. On the contrary, these devotions are very pleasing to God. So um, we're we're corporal. We're very body. You know, we kneel, we sit, we stand. We do all these things at different times. Um, And we as women, you know, we we get gussied up, we put makeup on, we do our hair when we're going to go to the store or going to go to work or we're going to, you know, and and I'm a nurse. 
I, even though I'm not working in that specific niche right now, um, except for just to take care of my mom and dad, which is great. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I put my uniform on. It's kind of a, a changing of your heart and of your mind. You know what you're doing when you change your clothes. I mean, ask mil- military men. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they put a uniform on and it means something. Ask a policeman. Mm-hmm. They put a uniform on and it means something. They know they're getting ready to go to battle or to do this or do that. You know, there's, there's um, like I said, we, we have been created in his image, flesh and bone. You know, we, we are corporal. Mm-hmm. And so by doing something physical, such as putting on a veil, and I do mine at the back of church before I enter the double doors, before mm-hmm. I enter mm-hmm. the sanctuary mm-hmm. is where I put my veil on. It is a reminder that I am entering a holy and a sacred space Mm -hmm. and that I am a daughter, Mm -hmm. that I am called to be His. Mm -hmm. And so it's a changing of my heart, and I do think it's beautiful. Gosh, I wouldn't do it if I didn't and if I wasn't passionate about it. But it took me a long time to be willing to to say yes to it, and I, I wish that people would go back to it because I think there's a lot of us that could benefit from that. It's an external representation of what really happens. Mm -hmm. I do believe, and I'm sure you do too, or you wouldn't be speaking on Catholic radio, that we get to receive Jesus in body, blood, soul, and divinity when we're at Mass. How beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to be in the most reverent, Mm -hmm. humble state Mm -hmm. when I receive Him. So, you know, for me personally, that means I, I want to kneel, I want to receive on the tongue, and I want to be veiled in His presence. Mm. I want to be all His, submit fully to Him. And I have to tell you a little short story here. I, I'm, I didn't mean to talk the whole time, I promise I didn't. But my husband, Brad Eisminger, shout out to him in case he's listening, when, when I started feeling this call. So I'm backing up. Like in 2009 is when our daughter Jessica and her husband John Jonathan, um, they became Catholic and they started raising their, they have seven children. Um, when they started raising their children, baptizing them, bringing them into the church. So it was probably, I don't know, three or four years later that she started veiling. And when we went to good mass together as a family, we noticed it and Brad asked me, what's that about? What's she doing there? What's that about? And, and I had already been doing some research so I could explain it. And he would be like, you're not doing that, right? <laughs> you know, because it makes him nervous. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's an uncomfortable. But are we afraid? You know, you have to find, you know, ask yourself um, eventually. I mean, if you're being called toward this, like, are we afraid to, to bring attention to Christ? Because it really is a pointing of what's holy and what's sacred. It's really a pointing, and it says it right here, that, that it just points. It's, it's meant to be pleasing to God, and it's meant to point to someone greater, you know, that this is really a true union with Christ that we get to all get to receive. So I did ask him before I veiled, before I started really veiling, I did ask Brad, I was like, will you be embarrassed to be sitting next to me? He had just joined the church. Mm-hmm. So Brad went through a divorce and an annulment mm-hmm. process before we were married. And, you know, so his journey to Catholicism is different as well. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a great thing. So he joined the church April of 19, and I started wearing my veil at Midnight Mass, Joyce Rupp. Um, uh, 2019. Yeah. So, you know, he's really a new Catholic at this point in time. And, and so I asked him, I was like, is this going to be okay with you? Are you going to be embarrassed? Or how's this going to affect you? And he was like, listen, we have tried this before where you tried to put me as head of the, you know, you, you tried to make me your God. You know, mm-hmm. every marriage has its struggles. And there was a time 
But I did. I wanted I, I wanted Brad to be my God to some degree. I didn't mean it like that, but really I I kinda elevated him and I put a lot of pressure on him to love me and fulfill me and, you know, make me whole and gosh, no human can do that. That's mm-hmm. not the role. That is that is alone God's. And so he said to me, simply in our, our I'll never forget we were driving actually to see the kids in Augusta. That's where the John and Jess and their seven little kids live. And I was asking him about it. We're traveling on interstate. And he just looked at me and he goes, hey, listen, you do not. If you feel like you're called to do this, you do what God tells you. Mm-hmm. He goes, you do not do not, you know, don't not do it because of me. He goes, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to sit next to you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, Aww. so there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's really a beautiful story. Very, very nice. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, did we actually talk about I guess we talked about it was a misunderstanding because it wasn't actually supposed to be that you didn't have to veil. It was Mm. still, and it was a misunderstanding with Vatican II, and people Mm -hmm. did not understand that they were supposed to, with many things with Vatican II, give it an inch and they take a mile. And, you know, it was like, you know, there were many things that occurred with that. Right, just like the the holy high altars and Mm -hmm. all the things that were, you know, I mean, there's so many things that were just. The altar rails. Yes, the communion rail, right? Like all these things, there's just, like I said, there's this huge misunderstanding and, and, Give them an inch, they take a mile, yeah. you know? And so there's this tug of war going on. But I think there's that also, what's beautiful about what's going on in our church right now is that people are wanting to understand the why behind everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the thing, is that people are gonna do their own research. And I veil today in great part because of others that have veiled that made me ask why. Why mm-hmm. do they veil? Mm-hmm. That I did my own research. Yeah. You know, it was like I said, that process that started Long before I started going to adoration, but really in adorations where I felt Jesus just speaking to me and saying, trust me, are you afraid? Do you not believe I'm real? Mm-hmm. Do you not believe that, you know, of course I do, you know, yes, Jesus, but I don't want to do that yet. You know, all of those things, you know, that started, those conversations internally in my heart started about 2014 mm-hmm. in the adoration chapel. But I think, you know, all, all of this misunderstanding and all the, the swaying back and forth and whatever, I, I, I think that it was never meant to be done away with. It's just fallen out of common practice. And so because we haven't done it for so long, and because I didn't, I mean, here I am, middle-aged woman that never saw people doing it. My role models weren't there for me to see it. Sure. And so now I veil greatly in part because of others that did it. So it was like one of those moments that I felt like God was saying, have courage, trust me, and maybe you will point to others. They will start to help follow me closer, they'll know that I'm real. You know, that Pew um, poll that mm-hmm. they did. A few years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. that 70% of Catholics didn't believe that he was present in the Eucharist. Like, yeah. how how crushing was that when we all heard that? And I don't believe that's a true representation of Hayes America. I don't, I really just don't. I mean, I'm, that might be really arrogant to say that. That wasn't a poll just here. No, no, no it, it was. Nationwide. It, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, so if, if one person, because of me wearing a veil, because of me having the courage and, and submitting to the stirring in my heart that took five years, I'm sorry, I was so reluctant, Lord. Um, <laughs> if, if one person starts to veil because of that, um, because they realize that he's real, he's here, and this is the one building that he's here, you know, and praise actually God. Actually physically present there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so if there is somebody out there that's listening, they're hearing both of you, you talk, if they're thinking about, you know, maybe it's changing some of their 
their thought process in this. What would you have to say to them? We'll we'll start with Kristen. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, just pray about it. That's I mean, that's a big part of it. But I think another part, I mean, just from my experience, I didn't actually talk about this earlier, but even... <laughs> Even though the churches were shut down, even though nobody else was in the church when I was in there, to some extent, I was terrified. I was even scared to veil, even if I was the only person there, because I think a lot of it is that, that humility. I, I, I didn't have it, um, and I was, I was just really scared. What would people think? If, you know, am, am I crazy? You know, just different, all these different questions. Um, and I just remember, like, especially like, during the shutdown and during the pandemic, when I did start veiling pretty much every day because I would try to go to, to the church every day and, and stop and pray for a little bit. I just remember being terrified if people would come in because I, I didn't know what people would think. I didn't know, you know, it, it's all those like preconceived notions. And um, so I think a big part of at least the starting to veil journey for me was like, was a big part of trying to let go of maybe like what other people think of me and trying to really rest in who I really am and that and people's opinions don't necessarily matter I'm not doing it for them and I am doing it well I mean for me I mean I am doing it for me because I'm trying to like humble myself but I am also doing it because like what Lisa's been saying it's like I'm doing it for Jesus I am doing it because he's truly present in the Eucharist and because he's in every church every Catholic church throughout the entire world and so more so I guess, I guess my advice to others or what people, what I would say to people is like, I do it out of, you know, respect and reverence for Christ and also to humble myself because I, I am a very prideful person and I, I need humility and it's hard and it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still, there are still days when I either get a look from someone or, you know, or just different things like that. And I, I still have to kind of, <laughs> check myself, um, making sure that I am at least trying to be humble if I, if, you know, as much as I can be. But I would just say to those people, I mean, really just, just pray about it. Talk to Jesus and see if, if you are being called to it, because it is, it's not for everybody. I think it is a beautiful, beautiful devotion, and I, I do thank Joyce for <laughs> handing me that veil at Midnight Mass, <laughs> but it's, it's also just one of those things where yeah, I think for me it's it is a, a big thing of humility, and so just I don't know if you do feel called to do it, just do it. Okay. But pray about it. <laughs> pray about it first, then do it. All right. You want to add anything? To no, that? I would say the same thing. Litany okay. of humility. I, mm. That's my prayer. Oh. Litany of humility. Yeah. Pray that it's that's it's a not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's to me it's like oh gosh. Lord, make everyone more holy than I, provided I become as holy as you mm. desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We are all to called. You know, each one of us is called to grow. Yeah. And growing is painful sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Agreed. Agreed. My yeah. husband prays for for humility fairly often. And, you know, I see, you're, you're the one praying for it. Why do I have to suffer it with you, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> why why do I have to suffer with you, buddy? So, yeah. yeah. You know, you've kind of alluded to it, but I haven't asked the question directly. Um, some people think that women who veil are pious. Mm. And, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, we're uncomfortable with that, that people would get the wrong impression of what you're doing. I think another big struggle, at least 
I mean, for me personally, but I do think a lot of people struggle with this is like we have this this ability to compare ourselves with others Mm -hmm. all the time and so to some extent if you know like if you are comparing yourself to someone who's veiling saying oh they're holier it's like no no we're not um if anything we know the opposite (laughs) (laughs) we are sinners but but to some extent like you I, i speak from to myself for at you know I speak, you know, to others, but also to myself about this, where it's like, we need to stop comparing ourselves to others, um, because we are all unique, we are all different, and there's no way that two people are going to be exactly the same, and that's just how God created us, and so it's just one of those things where, I guess, yeah, I would just say that we need to, we do need to stop comparing ourselves to other people, and like I said, I, I speak to myself wholeheartedly on that one because I I need to take my own advice yeah Um, I would encourage people to say or to to remember that the veil is meant to be a reminder of our surrender of our humility you know it's it's a reminder of perfect submission yeah Mm -hmm. to Christ and to his church. I was just going to say the last question that we had talked about was where you could purchase yes. them. Oh, yeah. So I kind of wanted to plug the messenger because yes. that's where I got my yeah. very first veil. Sure. I got it at the messenger, the traditional Catholic bookstore yes. here in Hayes. Yep. I went there and Jerome had one. Um, and it was beautiful and it was just a triangle. It was a t- small one. And that was my very first one. And I still yeah. have it and I still wear it on occasion. I, I really liked, they call it um, an infinity. infinity. And mm-hmm. then I liked the infinity one because to me, it it's a little bit more blocking. I don't know. I feel a little it bit more. It almost covers a little bit more of the side of your yeah. face maybe than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got um, Veils by Lily, and I think that mm-hmm. Kristen had mentioned that earlier. So veilsbylily.com is where um, you can see a variety. There are some beautiful, elaborate ones. There are some very, very plain ones. And, and so some people ask, well, what's the difference between the colors? What do they signify? You know, gosh, in today's world, you, there's there's nothing that's off limits. Um, they kind of recommend that hey, if you're going to a wedding, don't wear white because yeah. the bride gets to have that. That's her day. That's so her day. you know, if you're going to a wedding, don't wear a white veil. But other than that, um, there's there's really nothing that is off limits as far as colors go and what what people want to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, messenger is he has or since then because there's been more a stirring mm-hmm. and a, and a more growth of that in our community mm-hmm. um, of this devotion and so now yeah. Jerome has multiple different kinds. Yeah, I was going to say the messenger definitely in billsbylily.com. Um actually just a really quick story. Mm-hmm. Here recently my my grandpa my grandpa moved out of the house that he grew up in and um, they were going through all these everything, you know, they're going through everything and and um, my parents yeah. while they were out there helping my grandpa they found this, uh, well, they found a couple of veils from when, like, my great-grandmother used to wear a veil um, because, you know, that mm. was back when it was still still a requirement. And um, they actually gave me my great-grandmother, one of my mm. great-grandmother's veils. Mm. And so, and it's a very, very beautiful, beautiful mm. veil. I haven't worn it yet, but, um, but I have it. And so it's just, that's a really, really cool, like, artifact, too, where it's like, I got something from my great-grandmother that I never even got to meet. And so that was just really, really special. And so I hope someday to be able to like kind of as kind of like an heirloom almost to be able to like pass them on and and pass them down. Well, and just like rosaries, you know, we Mm. I'm I'm blessed enough to have my my grandfather's rosary, and 
Mm-hmm. My plan is to give it to Cade when he's ordained. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now you know yeah. that on the radio. In case <laughs> I might give it to his diaconate ordination. Mm. Anyway, but, but you know, when we, we get to, it, they're little treasures, the mm-hmm. little things that we get to give to somebody else, especially when it's meant something and brought us closer to Christ. It's, sure. a, it's a treasured idol. It's, yeah. a, it's an article that has significance because of, of the journey that Christ has called us along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. beautiful. I think it that's awesome beautiful. that you get to have your grandmothers. It's very beautiful. I pray in the name of the <laughs> Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, merciful Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak on your behalf. We pray that you've blessed our words and blessed our time together, that someone out there can be drawn closer to you. Lord, thank you so much for the beautiful airwaves that go out, that touch the hearts, and that draw you cl- draw people closer to you, because we know that never do you stop calling your sheep home. Mm. Together we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Stewarding God's Creation show. If you are a business or service that can support this One Body show, please note that your promotion would run three times during the show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsborg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body.